and welcome to the Scores Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Boone. I'm the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. In studio with me, as always, is The Score's David P. Woods, a man who once enraged NFL cornerback Cortland Finnegan so much that Finnegan actually had some pretty choice words for you on Instagram. It's hard for me to even bring that up without laughing. Uh, Well, me too, honestly. It was a very weird day. I... Started pretty normally. I was on the NFL desk at the score. I just wrote an article. I think Andre Johnson had retired that day, so I wrote, you know, five best Andre Johnson moments. One of them was when he beat the crap out of Cortland Finnegan. And uh, Cortland Finnegan, I guess, saw it, didn't like it very much, and messaged me. But the way he messaged me was so weird. I think he maybe doesn't know how to send DMs. So he went on his Instagram account. He, like, scrolled way back to an old photo and then wrote a comment with my at name there calling me some choice words I can't say here, sort of trying (laughs) to fight me. And it was just so weird. Amazing. Amazing. So we have like a list going now. So it's like Eddie Lacy might not like you, Cortland Finnegan. We've never actually started compiling this list, but maybe we should. We got to keep that somewhere. I, I loved Cortland Finnegan as a player. I loved his fire. I just, I mean, Andre Johnson beat him up that one time, though. I got to tell the truth. All right. So last week we had two episodes that went out. The first was a complete guide to quarterbacks, everything that you should know as a fantasy owner and how to approach the position. The second was a similarly in-depth look at running backs and who you should be targeting, who you should be avoiding, all that great stuff. On today's show, we're diving into wide receivers. So we're going to give you breakouts, busts, sleepers, deep sleepers, risky picks, bounce back candidates, and our ever popular player that will lead you to a title in 2018. Then we're going to wrap everything up with a couple bold predictions, which I always like to do. If you haven't already, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast Give us a rating. Give us a quick review. We'd really, really appreciate it. And once you're done that, open up the Score app and go see our latest content and all the updates we have in the 2018 Fantasy Football Draft Kit. It's completely free, and you can use it to dominate your league. Woods, I don't like to go into my drafts with a very rigid plan. I don't want to go in thinking, I'm going to do running back in the first round, I'm going to draft receiver in the second round, and all the way through like that. I like to go in with at least a a vague idea of how I plan on approaching the position. With wide receiver, do you have a way that you're actually approaching that position this year? That's not really a rigid strategy like you said, but I find what's working for me best this year is that I want to get that one stud running back usually in the first round, and then I just want to hit receiver for several rounds after that and sort of trust my zero RB ability to find sleeper running backs later who have a chance to break out because I love the receiver value I'm seeing in round two, round three, round four, and I don't necessarily love some of the running backs who are going in that range. So I want to load up on fairly high-end receivers. Maybe I'm not getting an Antonio Brown or an Odell Beckham but the next level of guys get several of them because I think there's a real steep drop-off that you hit at one point where the receivers aren't as interesting to me. And in that range, that's where I can find running backs who I can see as possible breakouts. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a bunch of them today, I'm sure, but there are a lot of guys in the later rounds this year that have a chance to really step up who you could make a very solid argument for. I think we're going to try to do that today. Uh, Guys that you can make a very strong argument that they could step up and be wide receiver threes, or wide receiver twos even, and they're going outside of the top 40, top 50. Why don't you give me one of your breakout candidates for this season at receiver? My breakout pick is Tyler Lockett, a player who was never fully healthy last season after suffering a really gruesome broken leg in December 2016, but he's fully healthy now and apparently making plays at Seahawks camp. I mean, it really helps that things have opened up in front of him. Doug Baldwin has some sort of mysterious knee injury and is out for the preseason, perhaps into the regular season. We don't really know. 
Paul Richardson is gone in free agency. Jimmy Graham's gone in free agency. The backfield right now is a question mark. First round pick Rashad Penny is injured too. So there, there are a lot of targets available for Lockett in that offense, and I think he might be ready to step up and take them. Also, don't forget Russell Wilson is still improving as a passer. And a very interesting thing about Wilson is that every season of his career, he's thrown more passes. I think he might do it again this season because I think that offensive line's not great. I don't think they'll be able to establish much of a sustaining running game. So you got Lockett as a starting receiver now, pretty much locked in. Baldwin on the other side, if he's healthy, maybe not. But either way, I expect a lot of passes headed Lockett's way. He's healthy, and I think he's really a dynamic player. I mean, we saw him flash it early in his career. I think he's ready to pay off on his very late ADP. He's available in like the twelfth round of drafts. Yeah, he's he's out there super deep. He's a guy that at this point I I just don't feel like it's going to happen for him. But at that point in the draft, you might as well take a shot because at that point in the draft, you should be going upside all the way with your picks. You want guys at that point that can come in and actually be starters, not guys that are going to just be able to be contributors to your team. I'm going to go to your favorite team, Woods, for my breakout candidate. And it might be a little obvious here. I think a lot of people are on him this season, but it's Corey Davis of the Titans. He was the fifth overall pick last year. I think people had high expectations then. Hamstring issues kind of cost him most of the season, sort of derailed him the whole way through. Uh, Once he was healthy, though, at the end of the year, we started to see him flash. You know, he had six uh, catches, 91 yards in week 16, and then he had a two touchdown game against the Patriots in the playoffs. So that was sort of showing us what the future could hold for him. And, you know, I mentioned uh, their new offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, during our running back episode. I have a lot of faith in LaFleur. I think, you know, he's coming over from the Rams and he worked with Sean McVay there. I think he's going to really bring a a new approach to that offense and it's going to make a big difference. And I think that a full, healthy offseason to build chemistry with Marcus Mariota is exactly what Davis needed to take the next step. And Rashard Matthews has been hurt. We've seen him miss time. Uh, Delaney Walker got banged up. So meanwhile, Davis is just starring in camp. You're seeing video after video, play after play that he's making. So the talent is there. We just need him to stay on the field. And we need that offense to become a little less predictable, which I think is going to happen under this coaching staff. So we're talking about a guy with, wide receiver one upside. That's not an exaggeration. He's going to be really good. And now in my mind is the time to grab him. Definitely agree there. And like Lockett, he's another guy who, as you said, the depth chart has sort of opened up for him there and a huge role is available. He just has to seize it. Good stuff. All right, let's take a look at bus. We're going the complete opposite direction. Now I'm going to go with Devin Funchess. I really, really liked Funchess last year. Uh, We saw him break out. He had 840 yards. He had eight touchdowns for the Panthers. But it was at a time when they really didn't have anyone else. They had injuries. Greg Olson missed time with a foot injury. Now we're looking at a team that they really started to load up there. Greg Olson's going to be back, and we know how much Cam Newton likes him. They drafted DJ Moore in the first round. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, you know, he's going to get his in the passing game. Even somebody like Torrey Smith is a a field stretcher that they have now. Just another veteran guy. Not going to make a huge impact, but another guy who's there to soak up some targets. I think Funches is still going to have a role. I'm not suggesting he's going to completely fall off, but I just think anyone looking at him to take another step forward, I don't know if it's going to happen because I don't think the targets are going to be there. Essentially, last year, he ate alone, and that's just not going to happen this season. Yeah, I think we may have seen the best season out of his career already, and I'm not sure there's any room for improvement. All right, who you got for a bust? 
Uh, man, this one makes me really sad to say. I, I almost don't want to do it. Uh, I love Larry Fitzgerald, the player. I remember I drafted him as a rookie don't in a do keeper it. league. Don't do it. I kept it. him for a decade. But, man, he is just being drafted way too early this year for me to feel good about taking him. I, he's going to be 35 when the season begins. How dare you? The end is coming. I mean, it is inevitable. It gets everyone. And, honestly, I'd rather be a year early predicting it for a player than a year too late. But hasn't, hasn't everyone been saying that now for like five years with Fitzgerald? I know, but he's not magic. I mean, it is going to happen at some point, and I think there are reasons to believe this is the year. I mean, he managed to produce with and without Carson Palmer on the field last season, so that to, is to his credit. But we shouldn't overlook the possibility that he isn't going to develop instant chemistry with Sam Bradford or Josh Rosen, whichever one plays quarterback this season, probably some combination of both of them. And there's also a question of volume. Bruce Arians' offense force-fed targets to Fitzgerald, but Arians isn't there anymore. There's a new coaching staff, and we don't really know what this offense will look like. It might be really bad. It might be okay, but honestly, it's probably not going to be that good. Fitz is one of my favorite players in the league, but man, I'm just so worried about it. It's it's coming at some point here, and I'm staying away from him at this point. It's definitely coming. We all know that. The only thing I'm going to say about this is early in Fitzgerald's career, I saw interviews with him where he talked about speaking with Jerry Rice, seeing Jerry Rice... And what Jerry Rice did early in his career, and and that's Rice always attributed to the fact his longevity was because early in his career, he was working out in a way that was going to keep his body going well into his 30s and even 40s. Fitzgerald followed that, and we know guys train with Fitzgerald. He's just a workout warrior. So I'm still going to believe. I'm not getting off the ride yet. I'm still going to believe in part because they just don't have a lot of other options. I, I don't think, look at look at the guys they have there. You know, Christian Kirk, I still think a year away. Butler, all those guys, I, I just don't think there's anyone there who's going to take it away from him and they're going to need to force feed him targets again. And that's really what he's done. The volume's been keeping him going. All right, let's let's go back to the positives here. Let's talk about some sleepers. I have one that I really like. I hope that he still qualifies as a sleeper because he's been getting some buzz in the preseason and it's Chris Godwin of the Bucks. He closed out his season last year, 10 catches, 209 yards, and a touchdown over the final two weeks. He's also posted double-digit fantasy points for PPR leagues in four of his last eight games last year. More importantly, I think he looks the part of an impact NFL receiver. He's winning contested catches. He can make plays downfield. Mike Evans isn't going anywhere, so that caps his upside. That caps the upside for Godwin. You know, he's never going to reach unless, of course, Evans gets hurt at some point, which we don't want to see happen, but that could really allow Godwin to step up. I think he's going to emerge as the Bucks' second option. We've already seen talk that he is going to be the one starting on the outside and that they're going to bring Deshaun Jackson in for the three wide receiver sets. That would be a huge value for him, a huge boost for him. And I just think he's a player that I'm sure dynasty owners are all over. I definitely am. I think redraft owners, though, could be ready for a potential breakout this year. I'll hit you with a couple sleepers. Both are slot receivers. I think one's more shallow, like a lot of drafters are becoming aware of this guy and putting him on their draft boards, and one who's much deeper. My first is Anthony Miller for the Bears, second round pick of the team. He's already firmly entrenched as their starting slot receiver, and reports and videos out of training camp are just absolutely glowing. It's like every day there's a new report about how good Miller looks. Every day there's a new highlight on Twitter of him just doing something ridiculous. And with Allen Robinson there coming off an ACL injury, there's big opportunity for Miller to establish himself as Mitchell Trubisky's favorite weapon. Uh, it's a natural fit because Trubisky's a really accurate thrower, but he's particularly accurate in the middle of the field, and that's where Miller's going to do his work. So he's someone I'm trying to draft. And I think with Miller, like, he's just, there's sometimes these guys come into the league and they just look like they're a five-year vet. And in practice right now, 
that's what he looks like. He's he's going up against a half decent defense, and he is just looks so poised out there. I think he's definitely going to have a big season. I love that pick, Woods. Okay, a deeper guy, like also a slot receiver, like I said, is Trent Taylor on the 49ers. We know Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon are going to play outside. I like them kind of too, but Trent Taylor, I think, is in an interesting role there. Goodwin and Garçon aren't world beaters, and we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw the ball to someone, so I like Taylor to emerge in a volume role there. He's going to have to beat out the rookie Dante Pettis for the slot snaps, but I think he's going to, and it's an intriguing guy who you can add to your watch list and maybe add at some point during the season. Okay, and and for deep sleepers, it depends how you define it, right? Like, I think, you know, Trent Taylor, to me, would be a deep sleeper. He's a guy that's probably not going to get drafted, like you're saying. For me, a deep sleeper that I like is Josh Reynolds, and that might be super deep, but he's a guy that he probably would have been, you know, a sleeper for me had the Rams not traded for Cooks for Brandon Cooks in the offseason. Trading for Cooks now really blocks... Reynolds chance to get to get more snaps and that's kind of unfortunate so we probably are going to have to see an injury to one of the three guys the one of the three starters there and Cooks uh, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup before Reynolds is going to get an opportunity but Reynolds he's a second year receiver and he showed a nose for the end zone in college and last season he only caught 11 passes he played very limited snaps but he had a touchdown in those 11 passes as well and in that high octane offense If he gets a chance to start in three receiver sets, could be a guy late in the season with his red zone skills that if a starting spot opens up, he could really become a fantasy factor. What about some guys, some some risky picks here, Woods? Some guys who maybe are gambles who could really pay off for you, but could also potentially sink your season. Yeah, the guys I have to highlight here are probably ones that you need to consider staying away from rather than ones I recommend gambling on. A few that I'll cover that I think everyone needs to be aware of are Doug Baldwin and Alshon Jeffrey who are both coming back from injuries and may not be ready for the start of the season. Baldwin is dealing with some sort of mysterious knee soreness, so we don't know exactly what that is. Maybe he gets over and he's fine for the week for week one, but maybe it hampers him early in the season. I mean, maybe it hampers him all season. Maybe he goes and gets a scope. I mean, that's what knee soreness sometimes results in in the NFL, and he misses a month or longer. So I think he's a risky pick. And Alshon Jeffrey... Somewhat similar situation. He's coming back from rotator cuff surgery he had back in February. We also don't know if he's going to be ready early in the season or if that injury is going to slow him down. So they're both guys that I would generally stay away from at their ADP. I I would certainly look at them if they started falling, but you can draft Adam Thielen or Amari Cooper in the same range as Baldwin. I think I prefer both those guys. You can draft Chris Hogan or Sammy Watkins around the same range as Alshon Jeffrey. I think I like both those guys too. These are guys who are are extremely volatile, right? Guys who could make make your season, but could also totally break it. And I'm going to add a guy that is, is another injury case, and that's Allen Robinson. You know, he's coming back from a, a torn ACL that cost him the 2017 season. And it's easy to get excited at Robinson on paper. I mean, especially he he sort of escaped the purgatory that was the Blake Bortles-led Jacksonville offense for, you know, receivers. Things weren't all that bad, though, with the Jaguars. I mean, Robinson exploded for that huge year, 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in 2015. And that was in part, though, because they were behind most weeks. So it was a lot of garbage time production. He faded in 2016, and then obviously the the injury. Now with the Bears on a new team, coming back from injury, there's a lot of red flags to be worried about. And like Woods mentioned, Anthony Miller, a player we both really like, I wouldn't be shocked this year if Anthony Miller led that team in receiving production. I think that is a possibility. I think he is that good. I know it's sky high for for a rookie to do that, but I, I really think he is that good. So, you know, I really like Matt Nagy. I like what they're doing with that offense. 
Robinson has a chance to get back into the top 20 if he is healthy. Yeah, I agree there. I, I want to see that Allen Robinson. We saw that one year again because he was such an exciting player and then sort of just it went away and didn't happen again. And obviously he's coming back from the ACL. I feel pretty confident he's going to be there in week one at pretty close to full strength. But man, you never know with these guys coming off knee injuries and you never know how he's going to fit into the scheme. So it's certainly a risk there. Bounce back candidates. I have one that I think is so obvious and it's Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper had back-to-back thousand-yard campaigns to start his career and then just fell off a cliff last year 680 yards and much of that came in he had a 210 yard game against the Chiefs in week seven and I think it it left most people just wondering what the heck happened I even myself I was so stunned as a a Cooper owner you didn't even want to start him it got to a point in the season where he was on your bench and unfortunately I think he was on the bench for a lot of people in that Thursday night performance he was on my bench for that one I remember specifically and I missed the playoffs in a league because of that devastating but I, I you know and I think After the season, Derek Carr came out and said, well, Cooper was hurt. And, you know, that's a common excuse when someone has a down season. Maybe it's legitimate, though, because unless unless something is going on off the field that we don't know about and that doesn't seem to be the case, I cannot imagine a receiver with his talent and with his production in those first two years just completely falling off a cliff like that. I think we're going to see him get back to what he used to be. I think part of the problem was that offense became very predictable. And I think now with Gruden in there, Gruden's already said that they're going to want to feature Cooper. That is going to be great. Crabtree's gone. I know Jordy Nelson's coming in. I don't think that highly of Jordy Nelson anymore. I think he's definitely on the downside of his career. We're looking right now at Cooper jumping back to where he was. I have him as a a high-end wide receiver too. My bounce back candidate is a player who looked like a budding fantasy star when we last saw him at full speed, but that was two seasons ago. It's John Brown. He's now with the Ravens and reportedly looks like the most impressive player at their camp. For the last two seasons, he basically was invisible in Arizona because of this sort of mysterious sickle cell trait that he battled. It caused him muscular issues and really slowed him down. But apparently he's healthy now over that. I hope it's behind him. The Ravens totally overhauled their receiving core this offseason. They added Michael Crabtree. They added Willie Sneed. But Brown, to me, available so late in drafts, it's kind of intriguing in a way those other two guys aren't. You know, there's a lot of opportunity here. Joe Flacco may may come back revitalized, pushed by Lamar Jackson behind him. And Brown's a player I really like. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all been rooting for John Brown. He's been a, a favorite in the fantasy community, and it would be great to see him stay healthy. The talent is there. There's no question about that. So let's, fingers crossed that Brown can make that happen. And for where you're getting him in drafts, great guy to stash. Great one. The big moment of every one of these preview podcasts, Woods, these draft previews, Who is the guy who is going to lead you to a title at receiver this year? For me, the player I'm looking at is Chris Hogan. I see him as a wide receiver one who's being drafted as a low-end wide receiver two right now. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me, and I love that value. Julian Edelman is suspended for four games. He's also coming off a torn ACL, and he's 32 years old. Brandon Cooks is gone from New England. There's lots of volume available, and it's Tom Brady throwing the passes. Hogan missed half of last season, but he still caught five touchdowns. And don't forget the last time we saw him healthy, it was in the Super Bowl. He was targeted eight times, and he caught six of those passes, took him for 128 yards and a touchdown. I expect Hogan, in a bigger, more featured role this season, to do more of that. And I think he's a player who could take you to a title. You stole mine, because I definitely am all in on Hogan. He had the fourth most fantasy points, folks, from week two to week eight last year before he got hurt fourth most he has wide receiver one upside 
great guy to pick, and I think he's people are slowly coming around to him, it seems like now. But I'm not worried at all about Julian Edelman coming back. Hogan is the number one receiver there, unless you want to say that Gronk obviously is the number one receiver there, which is the truth. But Hogan is the top wide receiver in New England, the top wide receiver with Tom Brady, and he is going to have a big year. So I'm going to veer here. I'm going to go and find somebody else. I'm going to go with Kenny Stills. Stills is a shocking one to me because it doesn't seem like his ADP is rising for some reason. And I don't understand what people are missing here. He's a guy that I have been yelling at everyone to go get in Dynasty. I don't understand why people aren't going after him there. His redraft ADP isn't moving despite the fact Parker has been getting killed by beat writers. Even the coaching staff in in recent years, the Dolphins coaching staff has just lifted up Parker in the offseason. Look what he's doing. He's working so hard this year. He's in great shape. This year, none of that. They are just destroying him. And now he's got a broken finger. It's going to keep him out. I don't understand what people are missing. Stills can be had for a late round pick, despite the fact he was a top 30 receiver in each of the last two campaigns. Stills saw a career high 105 targets last year. And that number is going to go up. Jarvis Landry's gone. I mean, Amendola's come in and Albert Wilson probably is going to slot into that Parker role while Parker's going to be out with this injury. Targets are going to go up. His production with Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill was there two years ago, they combined for nine trips to the end zone. I think we're going to see his touchdown production be there. We know Stills has the deep speed. He can make your week with one catch, with one deep catch. And I think at some point here, I'm hoping that people realize maybe listening to this podcast will finally be the moment. He is an ideal wide receiver three candidate for you, a guy that can win you weeks if he has a touchdown, two touchdowns, if he catches one of those long balls. And it seems shocking to me that people aren't realizing this. Yeah, I wonder if it's maybe just that the Dolphins are sort of such a supremely boring team that fantasy drafters are just sort of overlooking the entire team. You sort of see some of the same effects with Kenyon Drake at running back. I mean, he's an interesting player that people don't just seem to have strong takes on because I think they're maybe just not thinking about the Dolphins. All right, let's let's take a look at a couple guys that I'm just going to completely avoid this year. I mean, barring like we always mention that they're they're going to fall very very far down in the draft. Parker, who we just talked about, that's one guy. He has is wide receiver one potential, and I was high on him in the past. I, I saw the talent, but it is just not coming together for some reason. I'm not touching him this year. Alshon Jeffrey Woods, you mentioned him before. We don't know enough about that injury, and I'm not willing to wade into those waters because of it. Even though I like that offense, I like the player. I like that offense. Not willing to do it, though. And Julian Edelman with that suspension, I think there's better ways you can use the roster spot in the first four weeks of the season. I don't want anything to do with him either. All right, one of my favorite parts, and that's why we save it till the end, is the bold predictions. So, Woods, what do you got for your bold prediction at receiver this year? Okay, I think this is pretty bold. I'm going to say Kenny Galladay will be the top-scoring fantasy receiver on the Lions. That would be shocking. I mean, the... Jones and Tate have been very good for a while here for the Lions now. What what has you so high on Galladay? Well, I like both those players. I think maybe in this bold prediction, at least one of them needs to get hurt. But I just love Galladay as a prospect. I mean, he, you look at him and he looks like a fantasy wide receiver. One six four, two hundred thirteen pounds. His measurables are off the charts. Like just a ridiculous athlete. Drew rave reviews all camp last year. I think if you were on fantasy Twitter, you remember all that. And then ripped it up in week one for sixty nine yards and two touchdowns. But then hurt his hamstring and. You know, for the rest of the season, he didn't do a whole lot. He posted excellent yards per catch rate the rest of the season, but didn't really do anything else of note. Only caught one other touchdown, and it was in Week 17. He's healthy again now, though. I think he's going to see more of the ball in his second year. I mean, I think you can draft him. He'll be a useful fantasy asset, even with Jones and Tate healthy. But an injury to, I think, either of those players would make Galladay a starter, and his fantasy value would skyrocket. 
Maybe he doesn't even need an injury there. Maybe just talent wins out and he passes one of those guys at some point. So that's my prediction. I am going to go with Michael Gallup, who's a rookie that I have liked for a while. Love the landing spot for him in Dallas. And I think that Michael Gallup is going to finish as a wide receiver too in fantasy this year. And I think that's bold enough based on where he's going right now. I think he's going to emerge as the top option in their receiving game. I think he's playing with a quarterback that's good enough who can get him the ball and Dak. And I really, really like Gallup this year as a fantasy option. Another one of those guys that you can get extremely late, but has big, big time upside. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. I mean, Gallup basically has to do it because the Cowboys don't have a whole lot else there. And they're not going anywhere unless he emerges to that level. He's another guy we're seeing video after video come out of him catching balls from Prescott in practice. He's running with the ones. And I think over the course of the preseason, we're really going to see him emerge. If you haven't yet, make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast. You can go back, you can check out our episodes on quarterbacks, on running backs, and how you should approach those positions. And we will be back later this week, and we are going to go over tight ends for you. And if you want that advantage in your league this season, you better be jumping on the Score app. Take a look at all our great content, including our draft kit. That is going to help you win your league this year. Don't forget to follow Woods on Twitter, at David P. Woods. You can find me at Justin Boone. Until next time, happy drafting, everybody. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight, I said leave on time.